Hello, patrons, and welcome to this week's B-side of DPS. On the mic today is myself and Mr. Ben Burgess. Uh, we've just got a couple topics to to chat about um, in, in, in today's hellscape. Uh, lots of things on the horizon. Um, ben, first of all, first things first, man, you've been busy as hell lately. You, you were on the David Packman show last night. Yep. Um, you've been uh, doing the rounds as per usual. What'd you talk about with, with Mr. Packman? Yeah. Uh, what we talked about was, uh, was friend of the show, Tucker Carlson. Uh, and, uh, why he's awesome. Uh, no, we, uh, uh, I mean, that is, that is basically what we talked about was the way that even, even some people who should know better, are a very cheap date for, for this kind of alleged right-wing economic populism. And it's, uh, and, you know, we also talked about the election a little bit and whatever, you know, we, we had some disagreements there, you know, as, uh, as you, as you might imagine, right. You know, that, that, that I'm, I have absolutely, you know, no apologies about thinking that like, uh, thinking that if you, you know, that we lost and, uh, and, that's that's obviously ashes in our mouths, and one of the ashes in your mouth thing you have to do if you if you live in the swing state is is to uh, close your eyes and think of the NLRB appointees, and then pull the lever and then go home and throw up. Uh, but uh, but so we don't yeah. necessarily have a have a disagreement there, right? I mean, I think that I think this idea that you can kind of will ourselves into not being in the situation that we're in conjecturally is 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 not useful. Uh, but we did maybe have a disagreement about whether you have to go throw up at the end of the process. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, so the Pacman's more enthusiastic about that. Uh, about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the um, listeners, and Pacman's a, a little more soft. Definitely a lot, a lot more soft as a progressive. Nothing wrong with that. But but yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a, yeah, yeah. He's a progressive he's, softy. He's, and, he's like a relatively um, good, you know, progressive softy. He's he's like I think he's. As far as I mean, as far as I've ever been able to tell, this is the second time I was on a show. You know, it's, it's he's. He's in that, like, kind of roughly speaking, right? You know, like there are obviously differences or whatever, but I, I sort of, I sort of see him as as being roughly speaking something like the Eric Levitt, Sam Cedar kind of, you know, kind of uh, version of progressivism. And so, like, one of the, you know, so like for example, right? You know, he he was, you know, he pushed a little bit of you know, well, you know, Biden's not great, incrementalism, whatever. And I kind of said, well, I, uh, you know, if we were talking about, you know, if we were talking about whether to settle for something short of workers control, the means of production, like, you know, like, like I, you know, we could have that conversation about incrementalism, but, uh, but switching to Canada's healthcare system seems pretty incremental to me. Yeah, uh, right. You know, but so there, there was a little, you know, there was a little bit of, of, of push and pull about that, but like mostly we were talking about the right wing populism stuff, uh, and this is actually also, you know, this isn't going to be announced for the world at large until uh, early next week, I think. But uh, for patrons, I'll say that um, uh, Ryan Smith, who's perhaps even more of a friend of the show than Tucker Carlson, uh, is uh, is probably you know, safe is to start- say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 is uh, is starting a new uh, Substack magazine. Yeah. You know, patrons might remember the bizarre saga of the bellows uh mm. and uh and he, he was the sane member of that partnership and so he's starting a new thing um it's uh it's uh, gonna be called the third rail on substack and um 
So my first article about in, in that right is uh, is going to be about this right wing economic populism stuff, and and in particular, right? I mean, just just to you know indulge this for a minute, right? The um, you know I, I know we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about, but like in particular, uh, one thing that I thought was like a really interesting entry point into it is if you look at uh, Steve Bannon. Who who has this kind of like aura about him, like he's the like right wing Lord of Darkness. But if you look at like he did last uh, last year in Toronto, he did this monk debate uh, with um, with with David Frum about populism, and you know the monk debates is like the you know look the monk debates like are to like some debate I do on YouTube, like what Mad Men is to Two and a Half Men, right? You know, it's supposed to be this like very prestigious. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of thing, yeah, you know, this yeah. is sort of Oxford style debate, you know, they have people like, you know, Steven Pinker and Malcolm Gladwell do this stuff. And if you watch that debate, uh, basically what it consisted of was uh, from uh, throwing a lot of rhetoric about Bannon insinuating that he's a fascist and Bannon responding with a lot of equally vague rhetoric about like working class salt to the earth, you know, deplorables, right? right. Like that was the, that was the debate. Uh, there was really no policy that was discussed, and there's a reason for that, which is they don't really disagree about very much. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because like most Never Trump Republicans, Frum's objections are largely aesthetic. Uh, and then if you compare that to uh, this year in April, uh, the Monk debate was in 2017. This, you know, just a few months ago, uh, Bannon went on the uh, the Red Scare podcast, right. uh, and. Uh, you know, which is kind of an eclectic, left-adjacent sort of, you know, there's a lot of, like, gossip and cultural commentary, and it's very entertaining, but it's not really, you know, necessarily where I go for political analysis. Uh, but when they announced that, a lot of people uh, were very upset that they, they, would, they would, like, platform Steve Bannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was so much more useful than the monk debate, because in the Red Scare appearance, Anna and Dasha, the hosts, kept asking Bannon and returning to this as he, he wiggled and evaded, you know, okay, you say you're a populist, so why don't you support Medicare for all? Uh, and obviously yeah. he just didn't have a good answer to that. Right. I mean, it, it's really, and I, I would say like the same, like, you know, Tucker Carlson, like there's a famous segment uh, from uh, last year where Tucker Carlson praises this thing Elizabeth Warren did about economic patriotism and, um, and you know whatever I mean the, uh, the the dead pundit's position on Elizabeth Warren just just to be clear is uh, but uh, I still but, have to pinch myself to 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 recall that what went down in those primaries <laughs> like actually happened the way that I'm recalling it right like it's yeah yeah no, fucking astonishing like, fucking astonishing right but like. Even there, right, like people are pointing this out as like, oh, isn't this, there this like interesting convergence on economic issues, whatever. And you actually watch it. No, the fuck it isn't. No. Uh, the, the only like he liked it. He liked the Warren statement because she used the phrase economic patriotism. But if you right. actually watch the segment, uh, the only specific Warren policy items that he endorsed were more apprenticeship programs and the government should buy American where possible. And it's like this. I mean, how cheap a date do you have to be politically for this to like impress you? 
as economic yeah. populism. It's it's absurd, you know. That well, like it, they, it, yeah. it, the, the 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 only place where Carlson is consistently consistent um, about his faux right wing populism is is the economic nationalist dimension, or just just the nationalist dimension. Period. And I don't yeah, mean yeah. like a qualified strategic nationalism for the sake yeah. of building forces and therefore, you know, being more effective on the international stage, which is like a very nuanced debate that I'm happy to have with anybody. But no, he's just a flat footed, stupid, fucking hayseed, you know, America nationalism that he detected yeah, totally, totally. Uh, in, in Warren's, you know, quote, patriotic stance, which was, which was, you know, patriotism. It's kind of this old, like post-war liberal, yeah. you know, like uh, these CEOs aren't patriotic because they don't yeah. invest in our countries and exploit our workers. They exploit foreign workers. So they're not patriotic, right? Very quali- <laughs> another, another very qualified uh, form of like progressive nationalism. So um, totally, right. a lot and, of hucksterism, like on all, on all sides. No question, right? And like, and and on even on the economic nationalism, you know, like, like yeah. So like, if Steve Bannon had really gotten his way with the in the Trump administration, we maybe would have brought ta- like top marginal tax rates like closer to what they were in the Clinton years, and like spent some of it on infrastructure. That's about as far as it would have gone. Uh, that's all. That's about all he was advocating, and. Um, and even like the way that like Bannon or Tucker Carlson or Josh Howley or all these people are kind of protectionist about trade, like the Republicans who were who were trying to stop FDR from implementing the New Deal in the 30s were more protectionist than any of these guys are. Yeah, yeah, that's very very true. They're protectionist for the sake of you know certain industries um, that that are yeah yeah I mean, I mean I, I, and, and class coalition you know so it's a populism not not name not in the name of the masses right. Yeah, it's a populism in the name of of certain industries that are certain fractions of capital that are you know aligned uh, both with and against other fractions of capital, uh, in, in in specifically you know finance capital, transnational capital. These are all effects. This kind of contradictory class uh, composition that emerges in the wake of like neoliberal globalization, right? And so totally, totally right. Know, the phony like, part of the right wing populism is such that there are no masses per se in the classical sense that they represent much less or trying to speak for or on on behalf of it's just these are purely like fractions of capital that are that are the constituencies yeah. of, of and, 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 here, and here's really the tell the tell right like because okay they want a certain degree of protectionism uh to protect american businessmen from foreign competitors um and they'll make this populist pitch for that right that like trump you know, going to Youngstown, uh, you know, where, where some of my family still lives uh, and, and, and lying to people and telling them that the, the, uh, the steel jobs are coming back or, or maybe making, you know, some, some effort to, uh, you know, protect what's left of coal in West Virginia. Uh, but the real tell is that it's like, okay, the way would they appeal to, uh, you know, to potential working class voters on the basis of this stuff what they're appealing to is these nostalgia is this nostalgia for these like good unionized industrial and extraction jobs that you can support a family on. Mm-hmm. But of course, any factories that did come back or, you know, or, or whatever, like, like, uh, you know, they, <laughs> you know, like they're very much not going to, uh, they're not going to have that. Right. Like what they actually want is for uh, American businessmen uh, to be somewhat sheltered against foreign competition in running, you know, in running uh, factories that, you know, that, that'll 
have all of the miserable, soul-crushing parts that industrial jobs always had, uh, but they won't have that union. You know, like they'll right. they'll they'll right. you know they'll have all the downsides of working at Walmart. Yeah, and that's the process of onshoring, right? The, which is the kind of um, you know the the, the rubber band like uh, rebound of uh, neoliberal globalization, you know, that started in the sixties and seventies, which is inevitable to degrade the labor labor strength in the United States, degrade uh, the, the the labor the wage, uh, the social wage, such that you could bring this manufacturing back onshore or reshore uh, to the heartland, you know, to Ohio or wherever else, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, yeah. uh, and you bring back jobs, but it's, it's not the, it's not the strong union jobs we had before, obviously, otherwise they wouldn't fucking come back. They're only coming back because the wages are low enough now where once you subtract the shipping and, and logistical costs of, of globalization of, of, of producing things abroad, once you subtract those costs, the wages are actually a better deal in America because they're so fucking low. Sure, they're not like you know pennies an hour like in some places, uh, at least after you know the, the exchange rate. Uh, but they're low enough that when you subtract all of the, the freight and, the, and like the you know the shipping and logistics and the management and all that stuff, you know they're they're making a buku bucks. And so you've got two tier contracts, three tier, four tier contracts. Ultimately, you know open shop like it's never enough for them. Is the thing right? Like. And so this like phony right-wing populism, right? Like their only constituents are, you know, certain fractions of capital and it shows they, they don't give a fuck about the, the American people or workers. Um, that's the one thing that came out of that Red Scare podcast that I really loved it, that they did. They did get them on a gotcha around about Medicare for all. My feeling, look like Anna Dasha to their credit, they're not, you know, hardcore politics. They're not wonks. They're not, you know, uh, pundits. Uh, but I just thought they let a lot of his framing, a lot of his worldview slide on that, sh- on that particular episode. I mean, Bannon's like, he's, yeah, a, I mean, he's a slick operator. Like you can't grant him any premises, right? Uh, because he'll, he'll try to back you into a corner with these bullshit premises that. that yeah, of course. Of, look, of course. Right. Like yeah. the, again, they're not like. Uh, I mean, look, this, this is a show where for a long time, the, the running gag was that if like one of them mentioned uh, Puda and the other would be like, Ooh, daddy, yeah. you know, like that's, uh, you, know, like, show. you know, it, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 you know, there, there, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of comedy They're They're not, um, you know, like, like they're not like any sort of like hardcore theoretical leftists. In fact, I strongly suspect that, uh, uh, I'm strongly suspect they dislike even the, the term leftist because they'd like associate it with like, you know, annoying ex-boyfriends who tried to get them to join the DSA or something. Right. But like, uh, yeah, but right. in, um, but the, the large, you know, but again, I, I thought that you had a little bit there, right. Like what was useful about it was that it was, uh, um, that it was like a preview of what a more effective strategy for countering these guys would look like, right? You know, rather than, you know, when, when Steve Bannon talks about, you know, deconstructing the administrative state and, uh, and, and that, uh, and, and, and liberals, you know, just kind of react like, Ooh, I, I don't know what that means, but it sounds scary. Right. You know, like, and, and like sort of really feed into, you know, this kind of like edgy persona that he tries to have, right. You know, of course that mm-hmm. just, that just, you know, that just reinforces branded uh, a much more useful response. Not that they did this there either. Right. But like a much more useful response would be, hold on, Steve. 
what exactly do you mean by deconstructing the administrative state that just like regular Reaganites don't mean by deregulation? Yeah, right. D- d- strip it, strip it down for uh, strip away the, the kind of edgy rhetoric. And you've just got, uh, you know, a, a fucking 19 late seventies, 1980s, you know, fucking, uh, Reagan Republican. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty, the, the Trump wild. administration is openly talking about privatizing the post office right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, like that just that just goes back to the point, you know, because like the only reason, you know, the only reason that anybody would actually be nostalgic uh, for uh, for what they're, you know, for for these various job situations, you know, decades ago, like, you know, my, um, you know, like, like. You know, my my dad still has like a scar from an uh, industrial accident at the motor wheel factory in Lansing, you know, from from when he was like working his way through college, you know, he worked there. Uh, they're, you know, like every, like go off, you know, like go talk to somebody who actually has- This concludes your free teaser of this week's B-Side. Head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and subscribe today to hear the rest of this episode and to double your DPS pleasure each week.